When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? Hope you're doing good. Um, you know, it's, it's been it's been a fun past weekend. This past week, we watched some live soccer. We got to see LAFC uh, versus New England Revolution. Uh, it was really good. It was really exciting. Uh, I should mention this is going to be pre-recorded for everybody that's either watching or listening. Uh, it's going to be pre-recorded. Uh, I got a busy schedule, packed schedule, but I still want to be able to put out the podcast, put out the content out there um jp is going to be joining us but it looks like he's buffering here a little bit um so he's easily joining us uh he was with me to, at the game against the uh, new england revolution it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun to talk with people it was a lot of fun to, to catch up with everybody um and see everybody back uh and in, in the bank of california stadium uh it was really it was really cool to for to see like live soccer again because it's it'd been so long at least for me uh just being there and just seeing that um and it and it was cool just to see like obviously the season ticket holders were the ones that got the that got to go to the bank of california got to talk with a lot of people uh ran into a couple of people like the voices back in gold a couple of different fans and it was it was really cool to actually be back in the atmosphere be there talk with people you know just catch up with everybody and watch everything uh that we do is watch is watch live soccer so we'll we'll wait for uh jp to jump on back up back with us but yeah one thing that uh, stood out to me being back at the bank was uh, it does it doesn't matter how long or how short an off se- an off season may be it it still feels uh, it still feels special to be back there it still feels special uh, you know to, to to talk with fans talk with people and let's talk about JP back um, JP I was just telling everybody like how good it felt to be back and uh, talking with everybody. How how we I know it like it, it it was a short off season, but at the same time with all the news and everything breaking from the MLS, it kind of felt like man, I can't wait to start watching uh, live soccer again. But how did you feel being back at the bank? Yeah, it was great to be back. Um, it was a very exciting MLS off season. Um, regardless if news started picking up for LAFC in January, um, but yeah, it was quick, it was short, and it was great to be back. You know, it was a great turnout from all the the season ticket holders at LAFC. Um, the 3252 wasn't full, but you could still feel its impact. Um, and then all the fans that, that showed up were were great. You know, really fresh of breath air really makes you extra motivated for, for this 2022 season. Um, just not just for LAFC, but, you know, for the full MLS. Yeah, and and, that, and that's the thing, right? Because when you start seeing, right, the, even the New England Revolution, it, it was cool. They're, they're new new faces uh, that they also had, but it was, it was really cool to see. Obviously, both teams didn't have everybody uh, that they expected to have because we're also on international break. Um, so that, that's one, that's one thing, but also I wanted to, to so let me see if I can pull up, uh, pull up some of these photos from the game. Um, but yeah, as we'll see there, 
Um, it was good to see, you know, obviously we did see Carlos Vela. We did see, oh, let's see. We did see, like, there's, you, you can see Carlos Vela, uh, Brian Rodriguez, uh, Chicho. You know, it was good to see those at 32-52 rocking it. Um, Mahala, how good was it to see Mahala? Even though, yeah, I think when he came the second half, he was he yeah. was definitely trying to score a goal. It was good to see him. Obviously, you know, the, thanking the fans. Rod once again. Um, and as you can see, you know, uh, even though it was in a packed house, I, I didn't expect it to be a packed house. It was preseason game, and not every season ticket holder was going to be able to uh, to make it. Um, but just being at the atmosphere and everything, how, how did you feel like just seeing like Chicho back, Vela back? We've been seeing Vela. He he's been he's been excited, right? He's he's been smiling in all the preseason photos. How good did it see him? At least, even though it was a, it was one half, how good did it see uh, Vela back? Yeah, it was great to see Vela, um, you know, after not being able to to really play at all last season. Um, you finally got to see B-Rod, Chicho, and, and Vela front three, um, even though it was only 45 minutes. But, you know, they seemed to understand each other um, to a certain degree, opening spaces for each other, um, switching off roles, switching, you know, the wings. Um, but Vela looked good. Vela's been happy in the pictures I practiced. Um, he looked good this game. Um, you know, pinching in, cutting into the midfield, trying to connect, you know, making small little passes, but, you know, look, making the, the game fluid. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was, it was good to see everybody, you know, not just, not just Vela, but um, obviously all eyes are on him to see what he can do um, and what happens with him, you know, later on in the season. Yeah. And, and another thing to me, it was um, like, there was, there was a lot of different faces, right? Obviously it was a John McCarthy who started a goalkeeper. Um, but one thing that, that I was really interested, right, this is essentially Steve Schrundel's first go at it, right? Mm-hmm. This is going to be like, hey, I know you and I were very curious about what kind of formation he was going to play. I wasn't necessarily worried about uh, who started or whatever because it's preseason game, right? It's preseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I was, I guess I was a little surprised that they, they did go with the the 4-3-3, this very similar 4-3-3. Uh, formation that Bob Bradley had um, because it, it didn't necessarily I don't know like I know it's a preseason game but it didn't seem like there was much uh, the, the offensive wise it wasn't it wasn't that different um, there were some changes in the in the midfield obviously with you know a twist being gone and stuff uh, obviously not having every player but um, what do you think of, of the formation which to us appeared a 4-3-3 yeah it was a 4-3-3 um, it felt at times Bob-esque um, especially you know when attacking um, but Steve said it in his press conference, you know, what he was looking for was def- the defense, um, it's positioning and, you know, they were going to start with that and then move forward into the attack. Um, you know, the midfield was new, you know, you had moon there who you didn't expect. Um, you had Chrysostomo and, and Janela who, you know, weren't starters day in and day out last season. Um, and they did well, you know, they controlled the game against the new England revolution who won the supporter shield last season. And obviously it's preseason. But, you know, they had Carlos Hill, they had Buxa, they had Bo. So they had every, you know, they also had their team. Um, so that was good. But, you know, I think um, Ibiago was was the leader and McCarthy was were the leaders in the back line. You know, Ibiago was telling Mario, McCarthy was yelling at the back line um, why they needed to position themselves. So I think that was, you know, good to see, um, especially Ibiago who came in the in the middle of last season, you know, who was supposed to be, you know, expected to be a role player. You know, being the leader of this game was was very eye opening, um, but Escobar was was I think the best player uh, of the game. You know, going up and down the right flank. Um, you know, th- you know his first game 
um, with LAFC, but you know what he did in 45 minutes was was very you know promising. Yeah, I think to me that that's what the, there was a lot of positives, even though they played the first half. I didn't, I didn't expect uh, I didn't expect them to play, um, you know, like 90 minutes first game back and everything like that. But I, I would also say I did like Escobar. I did like Moon uh, where he, he was playing there in the midfield, um, because I think I think that's where he's going to get more more of his opportunities uh, this season. He, we know how good he is offensively and what he could provide on the offensive end. And we know last season he, he did struggle at times on the defensive end. But I think he is going to uh, he is going to succeed. And I do see him um, being there. I know even after the game, Steve Hahn, he, he asked us, you know, what, what we thought about, you know, um, him playing the midfield, I, was, I actually like it. I, I think I think it's going to be a great opportunity for him to to succeed with the team. And, and one thing that we saw is um, we know how Moon and uh, Carlos Vela have that have love have that you know that relationship because every time Moon got the ball, he would always like either look for where Carlos Vela was at or knew that hey, the ball needs to go to Carlos Vela in the middle in order to switch it to the other point. He he had they have that connection that you still see from last season, and you can tell Vela really enjoys playing with Moon. Um, which is which is which is always a positive thing to see, right? You you obviously you want players that Vela like wants to play with and, and do that. And I think towards the end of the last season, Moon and Vela weren't playing as much, and I don't think, um, I don't think the, the I don't think the game was f- fun for either of them. Obviously, it doesn't help when you're losing and all these different things that they went through last year. But I think I kind of saw a lo- little bit of the spark when they had that that connection when they when they were doing pretty solid. What what did you think of Moon and, and the Vela connection? Yeah, it was it was definitely unexpected to see him in the midfield. Um, I see him as a wing player. I just think that's where he you know would shine the most. Um, how explosive he is, how good he is on the one on one. But you know he did great. Um, he you know recovered balls. He, you know, kept the game fluid. Um, he opened up spaces. But, you know, like you said, he found Vela. Um, there was one where, you know, he got it and, you know, quick switch to Vela across the whole field, right to his feet. Um, and Vela always looks for him. Um, you know, Vela set him up for a shot. You know, Moon just couldn't couldn't put in the back of the net. But, you know, they have that connection. Um, so it was great to see him there. Um, even Steve said it, you know, I want to – he even called, you know, shouted Moon out for, for – you know, the first game in the midfield and doing so well um, because you can put him there and, you know, he could have done pretty bad. And, you know, that would have been expected because he never he's never played there. Um, but he's he's he did good, you know, and that's another position where the team, you know, might need depth. And that's another player who you can now plug in um, because you saw positive results. Yeah, no, I, I definitely I definitely did like where, where Moon was playing. And um, let me pull this up because my man Moon got a haircut. He 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 got a haircut. Like if you can see, let me see. He's right there, right next he, to Chicho on on the on Chicho's left hand side. He, he had military haircut. duty. He had military duty, so they shaved it off. Oh, was off it the season. military duty? Yeah. Oh, so yeah, like how um, Human Song did it last summer. Oh, um, he did three weeks mandatory um, tri- military training, and you know they shave your head off there, so that's why it's short. That's interesting. I, d- I did not know that. Uh, yeah. Thanks for educating us on that. Yeah. I, forgot, I, forgot, I, forgot, I forgot that they do that. And then obviously right behind Moon is Escobar as well. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it might have been the haircut or w- whatever it was, but Moon looks solid. Yeah. Um, let's let's talk about Escobar because I know you, you had mentioned him. I, I thought he played really good at, at mm-hmm. right back. And that's the position 
Uh, obviously, that Moon also plays, but I, I I don't think I see Moon playing with Escobar being there on the right back. And I think what I see, right, um, I see Escobar was able to push a lot. I see that he understands his position and his role, and he also has a good pace uh, to come back and defend, right? So I, I think um, that's why I feel more Moon on, on the midfield. Um, as I think we lose here, J- JP, one more time. But yeah, what I saw from Escobar is everything that you wanted from a right back. I think uh, it's 45 minutes. That's all, all I got to see from Escobar. But I think he's pretty much locked down that position. Like um, everything you need from a winger, everything you need from a right back, he did it. He was able to push up at times. He was able to uh, come sprint back. And he he has everything that you want a right back that, that you need from a right back. And also the player standing right next to him, if you guys can see those people that are watching this, is John McCarthy. He started, I was a little bit surprised that he started over Tomas Romero um, because uh, Tomas Romero now is appears, I think he may be the third uh, third option. Um, but as we bring JP back, I was just mentioning about uh, some of the things that I liked about uh, Fran, uh, Escobar. Uh, what are some things that, that you liked about Escobar? Yeah, um, like you said, he has good pace. Um, he can defend and attack, so he's good on both ends uh, of the of the field. Um, but one thing that he he was also you know leading leading the back line. Um, he has an attitude to him. Um, he has leadership, so he knows exactly where to be, what to what to expect from his center backs. Um, and I think he's going to be fine. You know, when Mario got the red card, he filled in at center back and Moon went went out um, out to right back. You know, he said it himself. He's like, my first position is center back. So he definitely knows how to defend. Um, but he has the pace and the aggressiveness to go up. So which is maybe why they they shifted him um, at, to right back in his career. But yeah, I mean, I thought he was, he was the best one uh, from the first half. Um, and I think... You know, just because Steve rolled out with a 4-3-3 this game doesn't mean it's going to always be a 4-3-3. Um, and, you know, maybe Moon can go to right wing back and Franco can be at right center back. That's something I can I can definitely see um, maybe, you know, next preseason game or some somewhere throughout the season. But it's very exciting. Um, and that's a very good signing um, if he can stay healthy uh, for the black and gold. Yeah, you you mentioned a lot, a lot of good things there. I, I definitely do see the, the formation, obviously, um, being a little bit more versatile just because of what we saw from, you know, what we, what we already talked about moon and seeing Escobar, right. We can, we can, we can see all the different old clips when he played for Atlanta United. And I think when he, he was playing in Argentina last season. Yeah. Um, so it's like, we can all see that, but once you actually see it in person, once it, you know, I like to call it the eye test. I'm like, okay, at 45 minutes, he, he has that position locked down. I see his versatility and you, you can move him around there. Another player that stood out to me, uh, I was just mentioning before uh, you got back on, was John McCarthy. He had a couple, I want to say maybe like two or three. I think it was two impressive saves. Um, And it looks to me, uh, look, it says early, but it looks to me like he may be the backup. And, you know, it looked like uh, John McCarthy was playing with the starters, obviously. And then Tomas Romero, um, I think he also did have uh, had one save. But John McCarthy, he looked really good. He had two impressive saves that I was like, oh, okay, wow. He he has some length to him, and he has some great uh, versatility when it comes to defending the goal, the goalkeeper position. Yeah, you know, uh, the goalie position once, you know, so weak for LAFC, never really having a starter, now has three um, starting caliber goalkeepers, you know, with Maxine, McCarthy, and Romero, you know. Uh, Mac, um, McCarthy came from starting with Inter last season, so it's not like he was a backup um, last season. He's coming off playing playing last season, um, so yeah, 
he was also he was also you know directing traffic back there with with Ibiaga, um, telling them where to be. So it's not like he was just staying quiet. Um, he also you know passed my eye test. I saw the presence um, because you know he's the first first voice of of the of the team's backbone. Uh, you know he had two good saves. Um, one where you know he he went out and and cut off. Um, I think Books's Books's angle and then got the save. Um, obviously he got scored on, which you don't want, but it wasn't on him, uh, which we'll get to later. But yeah, it was a, definitely another good um, first forty five minutes for McCarthy. That second spot, that backup spot when Maxine goes to Canada is going to be very very hard um, to fight for between him and Romero. Yeah, and I, and I think that's what that's what LA, LAFC has lacked. Like you want the number one, you want the number one, right? Which is going to be Max. Uh, but the number two spot, you also you're going to have someone that that can, um, you know, whether it's Tomas Romero, John McCarthy, or be be able to step up. I think I think it's very important to have that type of competition because last last season there wasn't really. I think it was there wasn't really any type of competition because we didn't know what to expect. And I think to me that's what I think kind of got tricky because like you didn't know who who was who was the starter, who wasn't the starter. Um, one thing I think we should also mention: uh, Latif Blessing did not play. Uh, Ily Sanchez did not play. Um, Dejuri did not play. Yeah, Dejuri did not play. Acosta, so. Sifu, and Chiki. Well, those are because they were. Oh yeah, international, those are international, international picks. Um, Ilya and Latif had procedures done. Um, that's what Trindolo said in the press conference. Sanchez, I'm not sure if he mentioned him or he just didn't play. Um, so that's another one. Uh, but yeah, a lot of a lot of potential starters did not play. Yeah, and I think uh, yeah, I think, and that's expected. Look, it's it, it's the it's the preseason, so that was expected. Um, but yeah, I expect definitely uh, to see uh, 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 Latif Blessing, sorry, uh, to come back hopefully soon. Hopefully, it's nothing uh, nothing too serious because Latif Blessing. I also want to see how he will be able to um, operate with this offense, also be able to play with this with this defense, and they got they got they got so much talent now in that midfield. And see who's going to be able to step up and and do that. What what are what are some things that you like about about the midfield? You know, Guinella played well. Chris Ostomo played well. Um, it didn't look slow. It didn't look lost. Um, in those forty five minutes. Um, and those were you know the bench players. Um, last season more or less for the majority. Um, and you know we haven't really seen Kellen Acosta. We haven't seen Sifu, and we haven't seen Ilya Sanchez. Um, what they could do possibly together. Um, so that's another, you know, combination that we don't know what what can what they can produce. Um, we can imagine what they can produce. You know, I'm pretty sure they can pry press, um, be quick and and explosive. You know, in transition play, but we haven't seen it. You know, on paper, that's a that's a pretty strong midfield. But you know, they haven't been together. That's you know, after international break, that's Steve's I think number one job, other than you know defensive shape. It's getting that midfield. Um, together and getting their chemistry up because Sifu, Blessing, Guinella, Chris all know each other, but Acosta and Ilya are two big signings this this um, transfer window um, that need to, you know, get acclimated with each other. Yeah, talking about the, the defensive shape, um, we got we got to talk about uh, Murillo, man. LAFC for the first half, for most of the most of the first half, I, I would say they were dominating. They mm-hmm. were, I you know, it wasn't that big, but they 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 yeah. they had rhythm of the game. Let's put it mm-hmm. that way. The rhythm, the rhythm of the game was favoring them. You're like, okay, you could you could potentially smell a goal or something. Mm-hmm. They're good opportunities. They they were getting more corner kicks and everything like that. Then comes um, 
a breakaway ball or switch. I don't remember exactly what happened. So the ball ends up getting switched. And I think Mario's like one on one um against a Rebs player. And the ball happens to bounce. And we're in the press box. So we're this has happened literally on the other other side. And the ball bounces. Mario's caught out of position. I think his his feet are are aren't properly set right. And I think the well, what we saw, we didn't know the ball just stopped. And it looked like it was like an inverted um, handball. But then when the ref came out and gave an automatic red to Murillo, he did it on purpose. So I got like a little clip that I was able to pull up. Um, uh, uh, that were, I was able to pull up here. They're fine. Um, but yeah, it is definitely not the look. And I want to sh- and I want to be able to share this with people so people can actually like see it. Uh, let me see. So they can see it. And this is probably the best angle. And this is from the Revs. Uh, I don't know how I got that. But LAFC Central posted this. I don't know if you guys can see it. So it's playing right there. So he sticks his hand out. I don't know if you guys can see. Um, Murillo purposely sticks his hand out here. I'll play it slow. Or just restart it. Restart it. Yeah. There you go. So... And I'm like, when I see this, and the ref is right there, it's just automatic. <laughs> it's like, dude. And I'm like, and I really when it, and you see Janelle, I was like, what? Like, you can't believe it. But look, man, if you, the reason why I bring this up is because this is Murillo. He he did these kind of knucklehead type of plays last year. Um. And I, I don't know, like if you're if you're Steve Shrondel and you're seeing this, um, yes, it's a preseason game. Yes, is, uh, but you should a veteran player should not be doing this at the, at this at this stage of his career. He should not be doing these type of knucklehead plays. He should not be getting a red card, mind you. It's preseason. I didn't know this rule, but even though he got a red card, um, he was uh, LAFC was able to sub in and play eleven versus eleven though the sub did take a little bit of a while, but because it's preseason, you can play 11 versus 11. And I thought it was, I, I didn't know that. Like the announcers said like, Hey, yeah. you can sub, which I, which, which is good. Cause it's just an exhibition game. It doesn't matter, you know, but if this was a real game, you know, which it had the, the real game vibe after like 20 minutes, you know, you're like Mario just to do that. I'm just like, dude, th- 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 there's no way if, if Steve doesn't see this, that. Like, Mario's not the guy, and this doesn't tell you in preseason. I don't know what else will because you you had you have a history of things that you saw last season, and for him to do this 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 early, it, I just think is is a bad sign for Mario. How, how do you see it, JP? Yeah, I mean, in forty five minutes, um, everyone played well. Everyone was okay, was solid. You saw good moments, and then there was Mario. Um, you know, like you said, the team was dominating for those 25 minutes. You know, the Revs had one or two, you know, chances, if anything. Um, and then Mario does this. And, you know, that's something you expect from Mamadou Fall or Tony Leone, who are inexperienced, young, homegrown players. But, you know, this is Mario played the CONCACAF Champions League. He's played the whole season last season. He was even captain of the team last season. You can't do these things, regardless if it's preseason or not. You know not to. You just let it go and then try to chase him down and see if you could slide tackle or, you know, force him out, force him wide, do something. But, you know, it just disrupted the game, got a red card. 
Um, it ended up being, you know, like a power play for, for the Revs, you know, for 10 minutes until Mamadou came. But it's just a warning sign that Murillo is not, you know, starting caliber. And Ibiaga might be, you know, the, the only sure starter, you know, at center back until Segura comes back. Um, and then, you know, fall, fall caused the goal um, later. But that's just because, you know, he didn't enter the game fully warmed up, fully ready. Um, but, you know, in the second half, he, he redeemed himself. But Steve needs to see that, one, he, Maria was out of, out of place. He got picked out easily with that through ball. And he just makes mental mistakes, which is what plagued LAFC last season. It was just mental lapses or individual mistakes that just led to goals. And you can't start the preseason off with another mental mistake and individual, individual blunder. Yeah, you you definitely can. I think to me that that just is is just a bad sign, and I just don't, I just don't know how uh, Mario continues. Um, look, there's there's uh, to me it's like I've seen enough of Mario to know like look he's not start he's not a starter caliber player. I know he made the MLS All Star things, and I don't know how he did, you know. And I and I and I'm not you know, I know I'm like uh, raining on, on this parade, but look, man. It's just not it's not quality stuff. And we we've talked about it and it continues to happen. And I think I think the thing that's tricky also about LAFC, you got uh Ibiaga, which I think would be the starter fall. He did have the the mistake that that led to the goal. But I think um I think with that is like you said, he came into the game, right? He wasn't in rhythm. Um and he's he's still learning the position. You know, I think I could kind of live I, I can live with that. But a, a veteran player that's doing things that Mario's doing is something I couldn't live with because it's like, yo, like at what point do you realize that you 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 shouldn't be doing these things, right? And Fall, even though he gave, he gave a bad pass and it led to the goal, um, there's still somewhat of a learning curve there, you know, right? He, he's still showing signs that he's promising that he can uh, eventually be the guy, right? But you know, it's just a learning curve. But I think that. The learning curve for Mario that 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 is long gone, man. That, 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 that ship sailed. That shit, yeah, that shit sailed a while ago, <laughs> and it's, it 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 just doesn't look good for Mario. Like I don't I don't know why he decided to do that, and I I'm now seeing that clip in slow motion and everything. I understood why the red why the ref gave him a red card because look, the refs are also in preseason, mm-hmm. right? They got to make sure they get the calls right, and then like. Look, if I didn't see the angle that I just showed and, you know, like I know some people, I think we were talking, I forgot who we were talking, but they're like, yeah, it was an automatic red, like without yeah. a question. I think you were, you were talking about it. Celso. Uh, Celso, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he had mentioned that it was an automatic red. And I was like, it, it, refs don't just give out reds mm-hmm. like that. Like just, just even in a preseason game, even mm-hmm. though I know it was a preseason game, but like, you know, they also, they also got a job to do. Just because it's preseason, yeah. they got they got to make sure that they get these calls right. So yeah, I, to me, uh, Mario, man, I don't know, man. I j- I just don't know. I just don't know if if he continues to do things like this. Like, I know you're you're thin, but but that's what I'm saying. I think they need another center back uh, until uh, until Eddie Segura is able to come back. Yeah, I mean, you can argue Escobar can fill in. You can argue Elia can fill in. Um, because Segura's back, you know, better or, or sooner than than they expected him to. So, you know, maybe Escobar and Ilya can fill in for a month or two. Um, and they don't have to go out, you know, this this transfer window with three weeks left of preseason to get a center back. Maybe they can wait until the summer if, you know, things really don't don't 
you know, better themselves for Murillo. Um, but yeah, I mean, center back is a position where you can still argue that it's still thin. Um, I think now with Moon in the midfield, Chris Austin on the midfield, you can argue that the the midfield is is deeper. Um, but yeah, Murillo needs to needs to clean it up quick because Steve is a defender, so Steve knows exactly um, what the positioning should be and how they should, you know, how the mental mistakes can really cost a team a game. Um, so Steve should really be hard on him for that one. Yeah, and also got the. Um, should we show the, the, the fall, um, error? Yeah. I mean, I think with fall, it's just inexperience and he didn't enter the game. You know, he entered the game cold, um, not warmed up, but you know, he's coming from playing at Mount Verde and the USL at, at the lights. So that play, he just tried to be, you know, cheeky and, and take on the, the forward, which he could get away with in high school and the USL because he's just uh, a step above them. But you can't take Bo one on one, you know. You can't take the New England Revolution's DP on like that, you know. It's a simple pass back to to the keeper, and you know they Ibiaga and fall open up. You know, it's just a little inexperience right there, which I think Steve can easily correct, um, especially because Steve knows him from the lights. So on any other day, if that if he was at the lights, Mamadou makes that play. Mamadou takes on that striker. But you know, when you more or less play against an all star like Bo, that's not something you do. Yeah, and I, th- I think also too, uh, also like when you when you also play a quality opponent like the Revs, like you can't make any any mistakes. And I think he, he's definitely going to learn from that. Like I said, I'm not concerned about Fall. I think I think he, he has a lot a lot of room to to make up, you know. And he also we should also mention he made, he made the penalty as yeah. well. He made up for it. He made the score the penalty, uh, for it as well. So yeah, I I think um Fall just needs a little bit more experience, but I'm yeah. not concerned by him. By, yeah. by one bit definitely more concerned on Mario. uh but let's talk about other people that stood out um i know in the second half the one that stepped up uh at number 40 we, we didn't know his name because we, we couldn't really we didn't have the roster but it was was it alex via via nueva yeah alex via nueva he really stood out he was just dazzling through the yeah. through the midfield he was just speedy i was like who is this kid man he's going up and down. Obviously, Mahala definitely stood out. We should yeah. also note Danny Masowski did get injured, so yeah. ended up uh, being bringing in your boy from uh, CSU or CS CSUN. CSUN, yeah, CSUN, CSUN. Uh, Danny yeah. Trejo, he looked good. He he was very yeah. versatile, very uh, very quick on uh, on his feet and able to take on defenders. But what what did you see? What did you like on the, in the second half with the with the second team? Yeah, um, Villanueva. You know, like everybody said, um, I think his hair stood out first, and then his play, you know, followed up. Um, he was just explosive, um, and he was also strong. You know, he's 19 years old, comes from Tacoma def- the Defiance or Defense um, up in Seattle. So, you know, he has some professional experience, and he was he looked good. He looked strong. He looked fast, um, and he looked dangerous. Um, you know, obviously, Moose got injured, um, brought, brought Trejo in. Um, he looked good. He, he knew exactly what Steve, you know, wanted him to do because they, they played with each other at, at the lights, or, you know, he was coached by him at the lights last season. Um, so Trejo knew what, what he needed to do. Opoku looked hungry. Um, he wanted that goal. He had a lot of energy. He was taking people on one-on-one. Um, he was, I think, a bit too selfish because he just wanted that goal for himself. Uh, maybe he could have, you know, let, gave a pass to, to Cal Jennings, who would who was always, always make runs, or Trejo, you know, who was always in space sometimes. But, you know, it's good to see him 
back, you know, after a whole year of not playing, you know, I think you can excuse that selfishness a bit. Um, but, you know, his energy and his hunger is there. And that's something I think the team needs, um, especially on the wings, if Vela, you know, gets tired or or whoever, or B-Rod, you know, goes on international duty, you know, you have a, a good um, backup in Opoku. Um, the other one was Almaguer. I think he did good in the midfield, um, especially because it was a young midfield with him, um, Torres, and another light player who I don't have um, his name on the top of my head, but he was also, you know, playing well. They had a breakaway where he, you know, gave a good pass. Um, and even though they were young, you know, they still controlled the revs again in the second half. Um, Thomas Romero was a captain, so that's something, you know, um, to note too. But, you know, um, Elmas Mari came in for for um, Opoku, and then he got the penalty, and then Fall, you know, wanted it, you know. So that's another another thing that Fall's not afraid of the moment, and you know he wants he wants he's okay with the pressure. Um, so mm-hmm. that's also another good sign. Yeah, no, I, re- I really did like that Fall wanted wanted to take the penalty because I was like, who's going to take this penalty? Yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously, obviously Fall had the most most experience there. Um, but yeah, no, I I think those those definitely were the guys that stood out. I think we, we realistically outside of Mahala, uh, Poku, um, it was good to see Christian Torres. He had a couple of solid yeah. passes, but it's like, um, when I look at the depth of this piece, I I would put Mahala obviously above uh, above Christian Torres. Uh, Cal Jennings, I don't know if I really seen him playing much for their first team. Um, because of the depth, you know, I just yeah. did, where where would you put him unless Chicho? He's third. He started at striker. Where would you exactly like? Where would you put him? I would I, I would put Chicho, um, Moose, and then him. Moose, yeah, Moose, and then him. But like the the likelihood of that happening, I don't know. He may just be a lights player or or not. We'll see how the things shape up. But there's there's a lot of depth up there. I don't think I don't think we've ever felt like LAFC maybe last year. Maybe we did feel like they didn't have no depth up top because of the injury, all yeah. the injuries that they kept having. Um, but I do want to play a video of this is actually a Chicho. Uh, LFC posted this on their Instagram and it talks about, you know, Chicho wanting to win at all costs. He says, he says I want to be champion. That's the goal. And let's play the, the video. Gracias, para siempre es importante para recordar de lo que eres capaz de hacer, de lo que eres capaz de lograr. Pero ahora queda una temporada por delante donde las expectativas son más grandes, donde, donde los sueños y pensamientos van más allá de lo, de lo logrado anteriormente. Quiero quedar campeón, es, es el anhelo, es para lo que trabajo y, y trabajaré fuertemente durante toda la temporada para, para aportar ese, ese poquito de, de mí para, para poder llegar a ese objetivo. Tenemos un, un gran equipo, eh, unos grandes compañeros que, que dentro del terreno se, se están preparando muy bien. Si siguen así, eh, seguramente nos, nos, nos dará ese, ese sentado para el peso para, para poder llegar al objetivo. Bueno. I, I mean, that, I like that. The thing that sticks, I, I like, I, I nothing he said wrong. I, that's what you want. To me, the tide is shifting. I don't know if you if, if you know what I mean by this. No, yeah, I see, I see it, it too. It, it is this is out is this too early to say this? But it just seems like they posted Chicho saying this. They didn't post Vela. Look, I'm not trying to start anything and nothing like that. But it feels to me that this is now starting to feel like more Chicho's team. You know, what I'm I saying? wouldn't. 
Yeah, I want to say Chicho's saying team. The things. But, he's yeah. he's saying that th- I know, but he's yeah, saying yeah. the things that you would expect your leader to say. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I would I would expect that. Like, and, and look, Vela has said the same thing. There's no, there's nothing, nothing there. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But like, there, the I would have expected Vela uh, video to see, you know, to post this and and talk about them. Look, we may get a Vela video tomorrow or the next day or whatever um and i don't think there's anything going on between them he's like we're all great teammates but it's just starting to i get the sense that like um what chicho did last year which was amazing um and if the tide were to turn uh to chicho i i wouldn't be mad i don't think i don't think anybody would be mad it could be awkward i don't know uh but it seems like they have a solid relationship um but it seems like chicho is committed to this team vela we'll have to see what happens after six months because he could be on his way but it definitely feels to me that the, the tide is is shifting to more of uh chicho this is this is this could potentially be chicho's team without being chicho's team officially you know what yeah. I'm saying? yeah he's he's definitely next one up he's definitely the prince right now and vela's still the king but after vela leaves um that's his throne that's you know, they've been marketing him since this last last season. You know, when he got here, he came as the guy, as the guy who's going to save our season. And, you know, he basically kept us in, in the fight until the last week. Uh, so I have no issues with Chicho being the guy. Uh, I think it's good. It's just part of his personality. He has, you know, an infectious personality that everyone, you know, just, just gathers around. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and he scores goals. So it's not like it's just his attitude's right. You know, his play's right. Um, he backs it up on the field and, you know, he is next one up to enter the prime of his career after Vela leaves. He's only 26, 27. So in a year or two, when Vela isn't here, he's the next guy up and he's 28, prime of his career, ready to take MLS and LAFC by storm. You already, you already counting Vela out? You already, I mean, <laughs> he's not going to be a DP at 35. I mean, I, I wouldn't expect it. So we'll, we'll have to see. We'll ha- I just have to see how these next couple months go because I think that's going to tell us tell us all. Yeah. But yeah, the tide is definitely shifting, um, and I don't think anybody any any fan would would be mad uh, at that because like you, everything you said, Chicho has a charisma. Chicho has showed up. He's he, he's done it, and he's done it unselfishly, and he's all about the team. Uh, at least that's what I understand, and, and and you can't be mad at that. And I think. Everything he said, I was just surprised that it, it, it came from him and it was marketed through him. Because yeah. usually these are the questions that you're asking. Oh, Vela might have been like, yo, I don't want to, you know, he's, we know he's not a big media guy or anything like yeah. that. We know, you know, he, he no longer has his IG, doesn't have Instagram. Um, I don't know what played into that. Obviously, I was just assuming speculation, but I like that Chicho is stepping up and saying the things that, you know, any, any supporter of LAC wants to hear right now. Yeah. needs to hear that right especially yeah. of what, after what happened last season and you know he's already put the team on his back but now you you give him and vela more reinforcements and everything like that it, it could be a, a very exciting very exciting uh season um so what we'll, yeah, we'll have we'll have to see what what, ha- what happens once once lfc gets all their players back all of them so yeah i mean it was very um you know Good to see them. Uh, it left me with, left me with good sensations, and the full team isn't even there yet. You know, it's very optimistic. You know, if you're an LAFC fan, to see what this team can can create. 
Yeah, and it looks so, like they have a new attitude too with under Steve. You know, yeah, it's it seems like, like I said, he's 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 definitely more a player's coach. Is not. I think they really got tired of hearing Bob Bradley. You know, it's like a, a new voice in the locker room changes so many different things. Yeah. It changes yeah. and just changes, and you can see it in, uh, in most of the players that that were there last year. You know, it changes no matter no matter what. And I, and I think the biggest change that I've seen, and think everybody's Vela. You know, his demeanor, his, you know, his percent, everything has changed. Um, now, granted, not saying that he may have not had a great time with, with Bob, but I just seen like he's the one that just sparks a lot more than he did last year, you know, and I think that that, that stands out a lot. Yeah. Anything else uh, before we wrap up the, the LAFC uh, preseason uh, game versus the Rebs? It's only been one game, and I'm liking what I'm seeing. So. We can only expect better things with everybody else because the level's going to get better up training. Um, Steve should, you know, I feel like he already has a good grasp of the locker room. So the thing should only be getting better from here. And we also have an open DP slot. So anything can happen. Yeah. And yeah, open DP spot. So yeah, it's it's looking good. Uh, okay. Quickly before we close things out, um, we got to talk about World Cup qualifiers. Let's start off with the big one first. U.S. men's national team lose to Dos Acero. Yeah, Dos Acero <laughs> to Canada. <laughs> um, I kept seeing on my timeline Dos Acero uh, from yeah. Italy that supports the Mexican national team. Um, and you guys know what I'm talking, referring to. But I was – look, I, I, I know Canada is the best team, you know, with, without a doubt. I, I, look, they're better than Mexico. They're better than U.S. They've shown it. But I'm surprised by how – the U.S. men's national team struggled against Canada. Uh, there was not. I don't watching that game because I, I I watched the whole game. It was like I don't know the creativity. I was surprised to see. I think it was a Sardis starting Pepe yeah. at the start. Um, just certainly, and it's like yo, we're talking about a U.S. men's national team that has talent, raw talent, and they play. That the, these guys are all majority of the players are playing in Europe, and obviously you got players that are playing in the MLS too. But like, they Canada had nothing but U.S. Um, MLS starters, right? Yeah. From their whole, their whole, pretty much you look down the, their lineup is nothing but MLS starters, right? And and yeah. the team that had all the MLS starters was being a team that had players at Chelsea, at Juventus, and everything like that. That to me tells me it's like. What is Greg Berhalter doing? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and I know he there 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 people were making fun of like you need to stop showing his shoes and what shoes. Yeah, I think you should stop talking about his shoes and what he's rocking and everything because <laughs> it's not looking good. What what did you take out of this game? Uh, I didn't see the first half. I just saw the second half. But you know, in that second half, the U.S. just got bullied. You know, the U.S. did not really fight back. Um, they did not have creativity. Canada is the best team in the region, and they didn't even have their two best players in Steven Estacchio and Alfonso Davies. Mm -hmm. So even with that, they just looked so much, you know, more, just so much better in every single aspect, you know, defensively, offensively, everything. Um, Greg Berhalter got outcoached by, by Chris um, Herdman. You know, he he knows what he has at his disposal and Canada, every single player knows what their role is and they, you know, perform it to the perfection, you know, day in and day out and world cup qualifying. Uh, I tweeted it out after I was like, they're my dark horse for the world cup. Now 
um, maybe to, to maybe even make top eight in Qatar because Alfonso Davies, uh, Sivan Ostakio, and you know a team that knows what their roles are is very dangerous. Um, so it's very exciting to see what Canada can do, and I'm happy for Canada. You know, you see them play, and, and you know you like what you see. Yeah. Some people may say it's defensive or not, but I like it. You know, yeah. you can't hate Canada. You know, Canadians are nice. Um, <laughs> so, so if you you know, I see them in the World Cup, I'll be rooting for them um, because you know you want Concacaf to grow and and the region to get better. But it's also fun when they're playing well. I like I like it I like it for that, but I think I also like it that now it's like um in, in CONCACAF like the US and Mexico have to it's not just between them two anymore, right? Yeah. Before it used to be you know, at times Costa Rica, at times Honduras, at times Panama. But now like Canada it seems like the type of country is here to stay. Yeah, it's good. not a golden yeah. generation. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. They're they're going to compete for the next. You know, for, the, obviously, this World Cup, the next World Cup, and the World Cup after that, and the World Cup after that. That's so. Yeah. That's why I see it, and it's, and I like, and I like the tide that the tide is turning towards Canada because it's it makes the U.S. need to be better. It makes Mexico that needs to play way better. Um, and I, and I like it in a weird way. I like that Canada is the best team. Like, you know, I, and I, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing to say or anything like that, but I just feel, I like that they're the better team. And I like, that's going to push the U S to be better. Is they're going to push uh, Mexico to be better because that's what you want to see. They, I remember back in the day, like, Oh, you playing Canada. Okay. It's a, it's an easy win, but yeah. they've, they've worked so hard and to be able to develop their players, develop their, you know, the country and everything like that. So hats off to Canada. I love what they did. I love what they're doing. I love that they, you know, I hope that, you know, if they, if they, if they, you know, take first place and, you know, obviously are the first team to qualify from camp, from CONCACAF, they deserve it. They, they be in Mexico, they be in, um, you know, and the, in us and they've, I don't think they've lost, right. Yeah, they're undefeated. They're undefeated. They haven't lost. They've tied it obviously, but yeah, no, I like that. So we'll we'll see what happens. I know a lot of people are upset with Greg Berhalter. I think even like uh, a lot, even like Hercules Gomez was talking about it on Twitter. They they posted a video that he's holding the U.S. men's national team back. You know, so it's like it's just not looking good under Greg Berhalter because it's like you have all these weapons and you're just not using them properly. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean. They're gonna be exposed in the World Cup because the U.S. Okay. has too much talent to not make the World Cup. But Greg does not know how to play against teams outside of this region. Mm-hmm. Um, the players and the talent has been bailing him out for basically his whole tenure as coach. So when you play international opposition, Greg is if he can't out coach Concacaf, he's not gonna out coach Europe and South America. Um, and it might just end up being like that. You know, they make the World Cup, but they're going to, you know, stunk it out in, in, group, in the group stage. And then that's when they're going to have to fire Greg. And, you know, the Federation is really going to have to interview the top candidates for the job because the talent pool in the U.S. is crazy. So they need the right guy to really, you know, make, make a great showing at the U.S.'s World Cup in four years. Yeah, oh, wherever even then, they got they got a lot of talent. This this woke up to yeah. make a lot of noise. Look, let, let's talk about Mexico because Mexico is it's not far <laughs> off. Tata Martino is not far off from being a Greg Berhalter. You know, if we're gonna be honest. Yeah. Look, I I was watching the Rams game because you know I was obviously supporting the Rams, 
the Rams going to the Super Bowl. Obviously, great news. So the the bar that I went to watch the game was also showing the Mexico versus uh, Costa Rica game. I couldn't hear anything, but I watched it, and all I watched was just disappointment because the score ended up 0-0. Obviously, there was no fans uh, in El Azteca, but I was, I was literally disappointed from this performance. What did you think of this game? And I think there's rumblings now, too, that like if Tata Martino does not win this next game or have a positive showing that he may get let go. I don't know. I've been seeing that. I don't know how true that is, but uh, look, the pressure is definitely on him for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it always happens with Mexico. I think Josue um, tweeted it out, and it's like Mexico always starts these processes off great with their new coach, and come one year before World Cup, the World Cup date, they just start messing it up and qualifying. And then the pressure mounts and the cycle's over and they get a new coach and they end up going to the World Cup in the worst form and they just try to pull it out. Um, Tata does not make the substitutions or the, the, the choices he needs to. Chaka and Gallardo have no play starting, especially when you have a European player playing left back and balling out. It's not like Arteaga comes in as a sub. Arteaga starts in the Belgian league and has stats to, to back it up. Julian Araujo, um, you know, maybe one of the best right backs in MLS. Obviously, he hasn't been in form, but still, he's. I'd, I'd give him a shot over Chaka, who's day in and day out, has just been underperforming both for club and country. Um, you have Funes Mori still there. Henry Martin's still there. Um, I still think Chicharito needs to get called up um, because other if Raul Jimenez is injured, which he has been for so many qualifiers now, you need a guy with experience there. And Funes Mori and Martina just aren't pulling it out. Um, Linus goes in against Jamaica, revolutionizes the game. Nowhere to be found against Costa Rica. And you're at home. You know, There's no excuse to not win at home against a weak, old Costa Rica team that just sat back and didn't even counterattack. And it's just underwhelming. And, you know, Tata needs to win against Panama because Panama is only one point behind Mexico and the U.S., you know. So all the pressures on them on Wednesday. Um, part of me just does not want Mexico to qualify just so they could, the federation can wake up because it's a whole – it's not just Tata. It's not just the players. It's the whole federation that's just been mismanaged, in my opinion, for years now. Um, because it the cycle is repeating itself every single time World Cup qualifying happens with Mexico. Yeah, and there's and there's some young talent, there's other talent that is just like to me it's just so head scratching that like how I it has to be how stubborn Tata Martino is. You know, I feel like th- there there's there's clearly guys that are just better. Like just better. And and like if you're not going to give the guys that you call up a shot, then why even call them? Mm-hmm. Why even call them? Don't 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 wait till the next World Cup qualifier set of games. Even though you're one third, they had a good. Sh- uh, if they would have won, they would have been, been second. second and a point behind Canada or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have they would have been right behind Canada, but to get out one point against Costa Rica, who struggled, um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just thought the games and every game's been disappointing. Even in the one that they won against Jamaica, that yeah. was disappointing because they were down uh, to minutes. So it's just like I don't know how how that 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 locker room is or anything like that. But it's just like 
Tata Martino, it, it, it keeps getting more and more disappointing watching watching this team. And if they don't, if they don't get a positive result and win, uh, right, win convincingly against Panama, look, Panama's not going to be easy. Uh, no. I think Mexico Mexico's home, right? Yeah, um, Mexico's home again. But... Mexico home, but yeah, it's 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 not it's not gonna it's not gonna be easy. So we'll have to see what happens. We'll see, we'll have to see uh, who he calls up and stuff. But if we keep seeing more and more of the same thing, you know, uh, we may see be saying the same thing about Mexico and the same thing about U.S. Uh, <laughs> the next time around, and I hope that's not the case. Chaka got a yellow last game, so he can't play against Panama. So the only True right back is Julian Araujo. So maybe we might see him start. But knowing Tata, he might put anybody else with more caps over Julian. So nobody should get, be getting their hopes up. And, you know, whenever the lineup comes out, then we'll see. But all the stars are aligning for Julian to get a shot this game um, and start. Hopefully we get to see that. But we never know. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. But look, we're, we're going to end in there. Uh, we it was, it was a good part. We 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 got we covered a lot of things. Um, JP, any any final words? I'm excited to see this LAFC team in 2022, and um, hopefully Mexico can really shape up um, in this World Cup qualifying against Panama. Just the win, and then you know try to revindicate themselves against the US and Azteca because that's that's the first game in March. So. You know, you got two big games coming up for Mexico. Yeah, big games. Also, another big game. Uh, the U.S. also face Honduras at home. That should be uh, a gimme game as well. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, that that those two games are going to happen on Wednesday. Uh, so we'll have uh, World Cup qualifiers to watch uh, here in the next couple of days. But that's going to wrap things up for JP. This is Gio. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.